everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bike Podcast, episode 49. 49. And we have, uh, well, this is where we talk about mountain bikes, and it's presented to you by WorldwideCyclery.com. It is. Those folks are rad. Nice folks. They are. Yeah. Uh, anything you need for bike parts, go there. Check, check out their YouTube videos. They've been pumping them out lately. Have you ever heard? Of, well, we have a special guest with us, Derek Teal. Yo. Derek from Dialed Health. Yep. Um, Derek, do you want to introduce yourself really quick? Then we'll get back into the worldwide cyclery thing. Oh yeah, sure. Okay. So, um, yep. My name is Derek. I own and operate dialed health personal training, Uh which is a, uh, strength training. Basically it's specifically for cycling. Um, so I work with guys from road riding all the way to downhill, lots of enduro guys these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause that's what everyone's doing. And that's what you <laughs> yeah. do, right? That's what I do. Yep. Um, so it's cool. Yeah. And, and you uh, do it. We'll get into history a little bit, but yeah, that's it. You do it well, by the way, too. Thanks. Like I'm going to be honest. So I, I found out about dialed health on Instagram. Nice. And your videos were, were awesome. And they make me laugh. Um, really <laughs> good. Are we talking videos. to Trainer Tuesdays? Tuesdays. Yeah. They were so funny. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. You, you should look them up. <laughs> if you're looking right now, look up Dialed Health on Instagram. And if you go back through in the history, you can find the, the Trainer Tuesday video. They were hilarious. In fact, the majority of them are on my my personal profile, Derek Teal. And Derek then I Teal. recently started Dialed Health. Okay. Um, and I'm kind of going all in on that. And I had nice. to break it to Steven that I'm not doing Trainer Tuesdays anymore. <laughs> and my heart breaks a lot of people hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were um, hilarious. But we're doing a lot of tip videos now. They're more specific to people who want that real info from my page. For sure. And it's been a lot more valuable and a lot less time consuming. But yeah, I included, I missed the Trainer Tuesdays. Yeah, they were fun. They were fun. Yeah. They were super fun. So that's how I found out about it. And then I saw you at um, TDS, I believe, last year. And I was like, this dude rips. Nice. Like he doesn't just make awesome skits. Like yeah. <laughs> he actually rips on a bike. Thanks. Um, so yeah, a ripper, really fast rider. Um, and, and you actually asked to come on the podcast and I'm glad you did. Yeah. Um, I've talked to, and we've talked about before, um, uh, a, a strength coach that I've worked with out of park city, Utah. Um, awesome guy, art from Wukar fit, um, mm. wake up, kick, um, derriere repeat is the name of the, the, the deal that he has. <laughs> awesome guy. Um, and he's laid out some, some training for me. I'm a big believer in strength training. If art lived closer to Reno, he probably would have already been on the podcast and nice. we are going to have more strength training. I'm sure talk all the time on the podcast. And the more often you can come mm. over the hill from Folsom where you're from, the better, because everybody listening to this, you are not strength training correctly or not strength training enough. So I believe that. I love it. And I don't know art, but shout out art. Cause, yeah. uh, if he's you trust him, then yeah, he's probably got some credibility and, uh, I'm excited to get into it, man. There's like, I'm so passionate about it now that any chance I can really like dive into someone with it, who's receptive to hearing, I get pumped. Oh, so it's awesome. going to be good. Yeah. Everybody listening, be receptive to it. Um, <laughs> have you heard of worldwide cyclery jumping back to that really quick? No. Okay. So they're, uh, they're an online retailer for, for bike parts. Uh, but okay. they're way more than that. There is they bike- have two local bike shops too. They do. They have one in uh, Newbury park, California, and then Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Oh, Lancaster. Nice. I always forget Lancaster. Um, but they are more bike nerdy perhaps even than Steven and I, mm, they might be. Yeah. So they're like, they're pretty deep on the bike nerd stuff. Well, hearing you guys talk about the spoke count on that hub I just looked at. <laughs> yeah, that's saying a lot. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, anyways, they sponsor this podcast. And if you are listening to this podcast, um, we would still exist if it wasn't for them. I'm going to be honest with that. However, yeah. we were, we are planning a lot of great things and we're going to get a lot better because of them. So please support them. Yes. They're awesome. Worldwide cycling. So go to mtbpodcast.com. 
go to our store, yep. and then you click through to the on the very top. There's actually a link that you can click through to worldridesacrary.com. Yeah, I'm sending them to the wrong place. They should be going there because then we get a cut of that, Stephen. Well, we do, and that'll yeah. help us do better things and yes. more things and yes. go enjoy stuff. We genuinely had a conversation the other day. We say, what do we do with this money that's now – coming into mountain bike podcast, the, the billions of, of dollars that we don't even know what to do with. Right. I think it's just like the underpants gnomes thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, just yeah. like step seven profit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we genuinely said, we don't take it. We just put it back into the show. No. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't, so, I don't want to make money off this. Yeah. Or you yet. support yet. The, uh, <laughs> you, I know what to do. We just talked about this. Yeah. You support Doughboy donuts. <laughs> yes. Because we do. We buy stock I'm Doughboy very donuts. vocal about my love for this place. Yeah. It's in and, Reno, <laughs> local Reno place. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's why you actually came here and you aren't even into the podcast. You're just into donuts. It was the selling. It was the real selling point. <laughs> You're like, hey, I yeah. can write this off if I do this as a business expense, but I really need a couple dozen donuts. <laughs> and I was going to drive all the way back across town. Now yeah. that I know there's one here, yeah. it's on. It's on. Yeah. It's on. It's, it's easy. Gonna be good. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about a bunch of different things, uh, things though, because we've been posting episodes recently from our bike tests. We have many more to do um, and we'll hopefully be more frequent as that comes up. Um, uh, but anyways... Stay tuned for more of those, but now this is a normal episode. It is a normal episode. With that, should we just jump into the news? Why not? Let's do it. All right. News time. News team, assemble! All right. Before we get into the news, we just actually talked about these transitions that we have. I and compliment the sound bites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I edited those together. Um, obviously, Ron Burgundy's present. Yep. We have Reservoir Dogs present. Mm-hmm. If you know which one is from Reservoir Dogs, let us know. Um, you'll be able to pick that one out. And then, um, geez, uh, the, there's news team. Then, the, of course, Flight of the Concords. And yeah. if you're a Flight of the Concords fan, you're my best friend. So that's like <laughs> the best show. Because I so vaguely good. knew. And in fact, the person who told me about Flight of the Concords was like preaching. Yes. Was preaching it. And <laughs> I still so never checked it out, but now I need to. And the hard thing is like if you preach it too hard, people will come in expecting something different. It's okay. very it's like, subtle, like dry, humor. dry okay. weird humor. Um, but it's pretty hilarious, man. <laughs> it's like, it's clever writing and they, they make, they, they make light of, of the Kiwi stereotype pretty regularly. And, but it, what's they, that Velcro belt buckles and like the, the confusion <laughs> between Australia yeah. and New Zealand, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, oh, it's such a good show. So, um, anyways, the news, um, first bit of news. I was stoked to see this. I, I understand that this is logistically complex, but man, I wish that you could like actually watch the stages, like coverage mm-hmm. of EWS because right. the first round happened in Chile. Yeah. Um, it was not Lobarnakea as Lobarnakea as they were calling it. Richie Cunningham or well, I can't remember what his name is. No, uh, um, McLaughlin. The, yeah, the McLaughlin. Yeah. 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 That guy. McLaughlin. It is not Barnakea. It's Lobarnachea. It's ah. CH. I'm going to throw me. out that you're the only person who caught on or cared about yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> well, it. Everyone else is saying Oh, except everyone in Chile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chile. Um, they probably don't care either. Um, I probably care too much. I used to live in Santiago. Um, I served a church mission there for two years. It's an incredible place. And those mountains are absurdly tall, absurdly, they're just overpowering. So, Did you ever ride them? Um, Never. Oh, <laughs> funny story. Funny story. <laughs> okay, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't ride those mountains, but I definitely rode a lot out in the country in between the ghetto and the coast. Mm. 
And uh, cause that's where I spent all my time in the ghetto or in the coast, basically in Santiago. And they have, it's like next bikes. Like, uh, so you, first of all, you don't have many bikes and right. you see Mormon missionaries on bikes all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there, if you ride a bike in the ghetto, then you're just going to get like hit in the back of the head and the bike will be stolen. So you don't dare ride a bike there. Whoa. Um, like they steal your bags. Um, <laughs> they stole my tie once. I was like, take it. <laughs> Whoa. Like just take the tie. Yeah. In fact, another funny story. Sorry, but <laughs> they steal cell phones all the time there. Yeah. And then when they steal a cell phone, they sell it in street fairs. Right. Um, because everybody just charges your phone. So it's not like you have a SIM card and it's yours. Like, you know, you charge your phone with minutes and that's like how, how it works there, at least in the ghetto. And, uh, when we were living there, it was common to get your cell phone stolen. Did you buy your own cell phone back? No, no. no. Okay. Oh, we had terrible Nokia bricks. Okay. Like, and this is 07 to 09, but they were bad. They were like really old. And we were walking back from the train station one night and I was like, this is bad. We're in a bad spot right now. And I know people get held up here and it's almost past curfew. We need to get back in. And, uh, sure enough, some dudes came around a corner and a dude, and they popped out their knives and held them up to us. And they were like, no way. yeah. And they, plata y celular. And I was like, Oh, Whoa. And I'm like, you All tried right, to cool. hand it to him and he gave so, it back. Didn't so, he? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> what a, that's he was a like, twist. give me your money and your phone. And I was like, all right, cool. And I'm like money. And all I have was like the equivalent of five bucks. And I gave him my phone and he was like, Nah, no, no, cabros, está bien. He was he just he grabbed my phone. And was like, nah, dude. Like he felt bad for me, and he gave me my phone back. <laughs> it was so funny. But he man. took your five dollars. He oh, did take the five man. bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just gave it back, and then he left. So dude, yeah, that is a it was great awesome story. Um, but but there, like, we rode bikes out in the country because he didn't get robbed as often out there. You still got robbed, but not as often. And I had the equivalent of like a Chilean equivalent of a Next, like a Walmart bike. Yep. And we got like 18 miles away from our house. And I had a little Peruvian companion. His legs were like five like inches long. Just super short little dude. He was a chinchilla. Yeah. <laughs> a guinea pig, actually. Yeah, Peruvian yeah. guinea pig, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tiny dude. And we got like way far away. And he was hating me because he's like, this is way too far to ride. And we go visit this awesome family and we teach him a lesson. And then like as we're leaving, I'm just like rolling out of their driveway and it's slightly downhill. And I'm not trying to do anything crazy. I'm just braking. And he's the, doing a stoppy. And no, and the front wheel folds and I'm just on the ground on my fork. <laughs> and then so like just taco the wheel. So like I kicked it back into shape and made it two revolutions and did it again. So then I walked 16 miles back with like a with like a 14. like a real 16 miles. Well, this I, isn't like uphill in the snowball. No, no, it's like 16 miles. But what? I didn't walk the whole way. I must be honest. We did hitchhike and we found a deal with a flatbed truck who took us back for a portion of it. So that is hilarious. Now, dude, I don't want to sidetrack too much. Yeah. yeah. But your story about getting held up for a phone, yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I uh, recently was at Chipotle, yeah. uh, and I'm in Auburn in Foothills. Okay. You know, it's California. suburban. Yeah, Chipotle, the restaurant, not uh, a city not, in a South yeah. American country. <laughs> yeah. right? Chipotle, Chipotle, California. Yeah. 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 Chipotle, well, California. Chipotle, California. This is the very white version. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, dude, I just had a bag of food, and I had like a full thing of tacos for this homeless guy. Yeah. And when I went to hand it to him, he was like, wait, what is it? And he asked me. <laughs> you didn't take it, it? No, dude, he legit made me tell him what it was. Whoa. And then he took it. And I was so thrown off, I still gave it to him. Yeah, yeah. But I walked away. I was like, this guy must not be doing too bad. I yo, don't know. Yo, bro, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. Like, literally. How crazy well, is that? Have you literally. ever met a transient person in Portland? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, they're aggressive. It's probably cool to be transient <laughs> like yeah. that in Portland. They would have asked if it was four-star dining or five-star. <laughs> yeah. What was the name of the chicken, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, like, is, that the chicken? is that vegan? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so wow. to the race. Um, yeah. So this was high above Santiago, high elevation. It's like rare earth up there. They call the dirt anti-grip. And it just looks like... 
it's just powder, like, and it just zero friction in that powder, zero traction. The only spots of traction you hit is it looks like when you hit like a nasty big mm. rock. It looks like, deep. That powder. Looks so bad. Oh my gosh. So, I just remember last year, even um, Teal Stetson Lee down there, just like yeah. looking at some of the duff that she took video of riding through. Oh, Gnarly. Yeah. 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 No, thanks. Um, so this, we're not going to go over like a whole results thing like we used to with these races. We're just going to share like our interesting thoughts and takeaways because you can go online and find the results. Um, although we will say Sam Hill won, Cecile Ravenel won. Not a big shock on that. No. One thing that did shock me though was Richie, and I guess it shouldn't shock me, but Richie Rude was kind of back to his old, to his mm -hmm. old self. Mm -hmm. He won, I think, three or four stages yeah. out of the six over the two days. Yeah. Um, and they weren't by big margins over Sam Hill. They were super close. Yeah. So it's really close there. But that's super good to see because he was like, Stella lost her groove last year. And yeah. Richie, was, Richie needed to get it back. Yeah. So yeah. it's Dude, good to see. Yeah. I, I agree. I wasn't surprised that he won the first stage because mm -hmm. everybody knows that's in him and he could just do it whenever. Yeah. But when he flatted on the second stage... I mean, race is over. It's the longest stage in their yeah. history. Yeah. Um, and then to come back and have a clear enough head to start getting wins again, that's I thought that was a big sign. deal. Yeah. yeah. Super. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Yeah. We, we did yeah. talk about his flat, and we actually had an Instagram story that I we posted that. about this. Yeah. I don't know if anybody saw. Um, the moon rover thing was my idea, yeah, by the way. It's true. My, yeah, it's true. My suggestion. We're, we're, we're solving the world's problems in our Instagram stories, yes. obviously. Um, but we thought that we would ask you guys what you think Richie Rude should run because he's seems to get more flats than anybody else. Yeah. And and if we're honest, I think that it's because he's huge. Mm -hmm. He weighs a lot. He's extremely strong. He has sound technique. Add up all of those things and he is able to put his bike where other people won't put their bike. Yeah. And, and he's, he's riding it faster than anyone else. Yes. Like, yeah. So he's yeah. just pushing the limits. And like people are like, get him off those silly Max's tires. Like, no, guys. Mm. Like it doesn't matter what tire he's no, on. No, it doesn't. It's 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 just he's pushing the he's pushing the limits. Absolutely. Like, yeah. That's like the upper limit of what we're finding there. Yeah. Um, but uh we and he does use Kush Core, so don't write in and say he should use Kush Core because Don't write in and say you should lose weight. Yep. He and I are the same weight, same size. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't flat. He does. Yeah. He run <laughs> and he was running Kushkor on the front and he said that's what allowed him to get down the stage. Well, the fact cool. that he said he flatted at the top, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm sure his time was over 20 minutes. I think the winning times were like 18 or 19 or something. Yeah. But the fact that he was able to roll that whole stage and not have his tire on beat and everything. Yeah. That's crazy. Only that's, losing two or, or break his rim. Yeah. yeah. That's Honestly, nuts. that's what Kushkor does. Like, uh, the, the envy guys, and I trust them on this because yeah. like they are very transparent and honest with me. I know folks there yeah. and they have told me that they tested that stuff without the intention of finding the best solution at first. They were mm -hmm. just like, cool, let's use this stuff, see how it works with our wheels and let's see if this stuff actually fixes flats. And it did not consistently fix flats. Like it did not stop them from getting pinch yeah. flats. It can stop certain situations, very particular sure. situations, but yeah. Um, that then, you know, they different story. That's why they created their little rim strips. Mm. But like the, the thing that that one might do, it's heavy. It'll change the characteristics of the tire, everything else, cush core. But what it'll do is if you do have a flat like that, it'll probably it'll keep, keep that, that tire seated. on yeah. for a while. Yep. Yeah. So, and even for the you know, average Joe with sick wheels, who's not racing, keeps yeah. them intact or you can roll home and yeah. you have that extra mile left or whatever. That's cool. Yeah. You go to yeah. a place like Moab where you get a flat on the slick rock and you are done. Like you cannot <laughs> ride. Yeah. And that happens to so many Jerry's. Like I see them out there <laughs> on the trail and they like, they have no clue. They're wearing pads and a full face on slick rock and cooking in the heat. Yes. And they get a <laughs> sidewall tear 
and they're stuck and they have to walk like, you know, eight miles on, on that. It's terrible. So yeah, I think it's something good, Th- but that surprised me uh-huh. I, in, in a weird way. I guess it shouldn't. Um, but the, the other thing that was cool to see with this one is that Martin Mays was back on top. Mm, Robin yeah. Walner, um, he stepped up Ibis team. Uh, so good to see that. Yeah. Um, there were new names coming up toward the front too. Oh, yeah, there were. So yeah. Sean Near. Sean Near. Top 10. Sick. Yeah. It's awesome. That's sick. I actually, I don't know Sean. Yeah. And, uh, but I've seen him kind of in media, mm-hmm. you know, hucking. He had that like cliff gap a few years ago. That was really Huge. cool that Joey Schusler took that photo. Yeah. Um, so I've seen random stuff like that, downhill racing here, doing this there. And then for him to just be on top 10, I mean, that, what a big deal. Yeah. And it, I, I yeah. think he's done EWS rounds before, but he hasn't like done, I don't think I could be wrong, Sean, on this one, but cause I think he listens uh, with the rest of the crew, but, um, I, th- I don't think that he's done a full season before. Mm-hmm. And I think this is his full first full season in earnest, but I could be wrong there. Yeah, man. I hope he kills it. That's sick. Yeah. And Duncan Nason won the U21. Yeah. Shout out Duncan. Shout yeah. out Matt Cooper. Third yes. place. Yeah. We'll see him in a couple weeks, actually. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. You guys will. Yeah. At, you won't. Yeah. Mr. Bentonville, Arkansas. I know. <laughs> hey, hey, shh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's what? okay. You're going to go to the Walmart <laughs> yes, headquarters and I'm talk going. about mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But but really, yeah. how cool is it? I mean, two kids that live within a couple hours of each other in the Bay Area yeah. both go down and they're both on the podium. At a world level. It's so sick. And, um, this might, this could be fake news. I saw Matt posted something about getting like a top ten stage result. That's uh, awesome. In, in pro men, wow! Like one of his times would have stacked up wow. to that. That's so awesome. Matt, sorry if I threw you under the bus. Um, yeah. If that's not true, is Matt I saw a liar? That story. Yeah, did you just make Matt a liar? Potentially, okay. I just <laughs> potentially brought him down. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> something else, and I know Cecile Ravenel. I think that she had a flat or she had a crash or something. I can't remember exactly what happened. But something that's good to see, last year there were a lot of wins that were by minutes. And I don't think mm-hmm. she's going to race the whole entire EWS series this year. I think she's going to do some downhill or something else too. But yeah. um, but this time, the gap to Isabeau Cordorier, it was only 47 seconds. I know that sounds like like a lot perhaps. But well, the, not at, you know, these gr- the girls were running, what, uh, just over an hour yeah, total, Yeah, an hour right? of racing. Yeah. And then in the the men's gap was 36 seconds. Yep. Mm. So it's darn near on close, and that's first to second. Yeah. So that's awesome to see, to yeah. see more there. Bex Barona did really well. Um, just really cool stuff. I'm so stoked. And this weekend, it's going to be in Colombia. So, yeah. like, they went from dry... <laughs> hold your tongue, sir. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> they went from dry, high... Elevation, gnarly, slippery stuff. Now they're going to jungle, basically. Yeah. Wait, I so. think I know what Steven's going to say. <laughs> no. What are you going to say? No, I'm not going to say anything. No, he wants I was to. just going to say where the, the national sport is soccer. Yes, soccer. That's all. It's soccer, decidedly. We may have had to have bleeped what Steven yeah. said the national sport was previously on, yeah. an, on an episode. This is the day after my oh. knee surgery, I was high on many drugs <laughs> and painkillers. Yes. And I may have claimed, this is the BKXC episode. Mm-hmm. And I claimed that the national sport of Columbia was something not bad. soccer. It yeah, was bad. Not soccer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave it at it's that. It's the only time we added a live bleep on the podcast. It <laughs> yes. was good. It was a, yes, it was a bleep. Yeah. Um, That's hilarious. I spelled Columbia wrong. You guys ever done that? Uh, you throw the U in there yeah, yeah, instead I've done of the it, O. Man. I've done uh, it. You'll yeah. take some heat yeah. for that one. Oh, yeah. Watch yourself. You will. Um, <laughs> so that's one race that happened. The next race that happened... And all of you, that, so it was at the XC World Cup round one. Yeah. Anybody who's going to say anything about high posting and saying that we need to not talk about XC, stop it and stop go it. watch the Red Bull. Uh, go watch this. Yeah. Red Bull TV. It was in new venue in Stellenbosch, South Africa. And it was a good course. Dude. It was a really good course. That course was awesome. Even the guys on hardtails were just like, yeah, we should probably put 
dropper posts on our bikes. Nino had was running a high post. Yes, he was high post. And there were a few times legitimately in that pickup stick section the oh, gnarly, yeah. where he was close to crashing. Yeah. Very close. I don't know how his seat didn't catch yep. multiple it times. It was close. And yeah. honestly, like if you looked through that and then you saw guys further in the pack, further back in the pack, I guarantee you they had faster split times through that. Yeah. Then then like, you know, they're they're saving weight perhaps, but I really think that at that point they're actually not trying to save weight. I think that it's like a it's an ego thing. They line up on the line. I don't need it. I've got it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a showing to the rest of the dudes that like I'm I'm good enough. I don't need one. Well, I don't know cross country well like that. Um, yeah. But it it could be an efficiency thing too. I mean, it takes energy to put your seat post down and up. It does and if you have that extra variable, I yeah. mean, for those guys, it's it could be a thought. Yeah, it does. And know. I'm an XC dude, right? Mm. And I run a dropper, and it is certifiably better. Um, it does weigh more. There are certain courses where you don't need them. Don't get me wrong. Um, like I think of like a course like Benelli, the pro XCT races there. You don't need one. Um, I think of even a course like Fontana, there's nothing really technical that like at their XC course there that you make that would require you to have one. That said, if you do have one at a course like Fontana, the descents are long enough. You can carry so much more speed and save ener- more energy that way. It's yep. better. So I got a real chill up my spine when you said Fontana. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Downhill stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just think about the old days in the wall, full pressure suit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Um, so, but this, that this was one of the best XC races I've ever seen in men's and women's seriously coming down after 90 minutes of what they were putting themselves through to see a two second split for the, the first three spots. <laughs> yeah. Can you, it's can awesome. you explain that? I didn't watch it, yeah. but I did know that Nino didn't win. That was yeah. all I, I knew, but I saw the, the finish pitch and it looked like it was a split. So how did that come? Yeah. Out? So if you don't want to hear the result, um, turn it off right now, turn this podcast off, go watch, or just earmuffs, right? Earmuffs for a bit. Yeah. So Sam Gaze, he beat Nino. And Sam Gaze is a younger guy coming up through. He was the Eliminator World Champ, I believe, which Eliminator is like a bracket format that was like super short sprint XC races that happened in urban environments, basically. Mm, yeah. Um, so he's a big kid. Like he's a big boy, super strong. Um, he's not a small guy like Nino and he has a really powerful sprint. He out sprinted Nino at the end. Um, but the interesting thing is he actually started ahead of Nino and out sprinted him. Uh, they kept going blow for blow for blow. It was blow. just back and forth on every climb. Just yep. oh, like yeah. just throwing blows, like full on hard, all out attacks the whole race. Yeah. And then Maxime Marat on Cannondale, the French rider was like just just pinned the whole race steady diesel. And like when they were playing games with each other, he was getting closer, closer, closer. That last long climb. Yeah. He put like nine seconds. Yeah. In one split, he pulled nine seconds in on the last lap. It was ridiculous. It was so good. And Matthew Vanderpool got a terrible start. The the cyclocross. He started out World Cup 15th or 16th, I think. He was back there. He was way back. No, he was even further back. And And then he he just way back. Yeah. And that Uh. dude looked like so miserable. Bless his heart for pushing through all that. It was dusty and super dry. And that Um, course didn't seem like it had a lot of passing. I think I saw the uh, Andrew Neathling did a little thing with Nino. Yep. Yeah. Course track, whatever. Yeah. Preview. And uh, it looked technical and like like good half of the track was almost impassable. Yeah. It yeah. seemed like there a lot was, of single track. Yeah. In yeah. the first climb, there was the split where they could, you know, there was yep. two routes that they could take. And then there was the fire road climb. They had you a know, couple of fire road yeah, climbs and that would so, let you. Yeah. So and all, then all the I guess down in the mechanics area. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. But that's on the grass and everything. But, but really there was two passing sections and they were both climbs. Yeah. So it was, it was a brutal course. The women's race was so much fun to watch. And, 
just shout out to Helen Grober. Just yes. going from ninth to fourth in the last half of <laughs> was the last awesome. lap. Nice. I, like yeah. she was drilling it. Um, she was. Annika Longvod was, and, and then Pauline Ferrand Prevost, which good to see her having a good season again. Because yeah. she she was, I think in one season, she was the XC world champ. She was the cyclocross world champ. And I think the road world champ yeah, in, in one, one year. Yeah. And then she just like, she just tanked after that for a while. Had a tough time kind of finding a groove again. But yeah. she's back. Annika Longvod was back in a big way. Um, and they both, it was a same thing. Battled the whole entire race. Yeah, so they were battling at the end and then... Um, Annika Longvod just kind of just pulled away. Yep. Took it. Then the, what was it? The four, five, six. Yeah, super Those, close. So Yolanda Neff was sitting fourth, fifth the whole time. With a partially broken collarbone with still a partially, on that course. Yeah. And so she's sitting there right in fourth and fifth place, back and forth with um, with Catherine Pendrell. Yep, yep. Um, and then Helen Grobear comes out of nowhere. That was amazing. And so she ends up sprinting and passing everybody. So you you basically <laughs> leave Maya, L- Yolanda, and yep. um, no, I think it was just um, it was Maya, Maya, Yolanda, Yolanda and Catherine Helen. Pendrel. Yep. And those three, oh God, that was just such was a good a finish. Sprint. And I, I ended up having to talk to the girlfriend. So as you guys, oh, yeah. if you guys. We should establish if, this. We should establish this. So we, I've talked about my new lady friend a few times. And yes. Yolanda and I talked about it and we decided to make it official. <laughs> sure. She sure has no idea, but yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Cause she's my XC crush. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So she is my XC crush. Yeah. Um, no, okay. I didn't actually talk to her. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she's my XC crush. Yolanda, so. if you're listening, yeah. um, you've got an admirer. Email. Oh, you have plenty of admirers. You do. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have another one. But this one's special. So, yeah. um, I'm a special flower. That was probably. You're going to have to tag me in an Instagram. <laughs> I will. Yeah. yeah, so I can see that. That was probably, that was the best racing I've seen across both men's and women's. It like, really was. It was so good. Yeah. That course was awesome. Shout out to Keegan Swenson, friend of the podcast. Um, he was there with the Stance Pivot team. He was. Um, and with also Chloe was there too. Yeah, and Chloe took 12th, by the way. Super good performance. Yeah. She just diesel her way all the way. Th- In fact, I think that she negative splitted the race. Negative split the race, forgive me. Which she got faster. That means that basically like you're, if you took the first half and then the second half, her second half was faster. And which is really hard to do in XC, especially yeah. World Cup XC because it starts so hard. So that was cool to see. Keegan had a terrible call-up position. He like drilled his way up to something like 20th. Mm-hmm. And then his back locked up. He said it was the gnarliest cramps he's had. And then he just dropped back to 80th. Oh. And then crawled his way back up to 40th after that. So Jeez. just sounds like a terrible day. Yeah. Um, bless him for that. But yeah. um, anyways, it was super fun. And you should watch that. That was seriously like it'll be exciting even for you downhill bros thinking that Lycra is dumb. You should watch this. It was super entertaining. If it you really sit was. around and watch two hours of downhill, I know um, Rob Warner is really entertaining. But like <laughs> if you sit around and watch two hours of downhill, you can totally watch this because this is like nonstop back and forth for the win. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah. Um, next bit of stuff, Idaho announced their Enduros, um, their Enduro series, which I'm not going to get to go to this year, but I want to go to the Kellogg race next year. We need to, yeah. Yeah, We need to get up to Idaho. Oh, I love Idaho. Yeah. I have a family up there too. So, um, you should check that out. They have a number of different rounds. There's Pocatello, Idaho. That's going to be the 23rd of June. Salmon Enduro. That's going to be in Salmon, Idaho, uh, July 21st. Sun Valley is probably the one that. Ooh, yeah. yeah. August 4th. Yeah. That would be amazing. That's just before Leadville. I'm saying that's the problem is that's the same weekend as the Downeyville Classic. So. Oh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have the Jug Mountain Enduro in McCall, Idaho, and that's uh, on the 18th. So, man, I always thought it'd be tough to be 
uh, organizer and then throw out a schedule and then find out it's the same weekend of Downeyville or yeah, you know, yeah. or something sea, like sea otter and you oh, find yeah. out it's the same weekend as a World Cup. That would you know, suck, like, right? Ah, and you yeah. can't pick a weekend that doesn't have anything. Like they all have something. Yeah, you, you know? have to kind of pick the lesser of two evils most yeah. of the time. Let's rip through the rest. Yes. Um, Ibis released a new bike. They did. The Ripmo. The Ripmo. It's... Uh, such yeah. a beast of a bike. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um, long travel 29er ridden by our friend of the podcast, Dylan Santos. Yes. And the rest of the Ibis Enduro cycles, uh, Enduro race team. Forgive me. Um, is this the bike that Kendallweed was just riding on that video? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I messaged him actually this morning. Cause I watched that video and yeah. it got me so stoked to ride and yes. the vibes were so good. How does Kendallweed just not in general get you Jeff stoked Kendall to ride? Kendallweed yeah. just makes yeah. me happy. He's yeah. just a kind guy. You should check out his videos. If you haven't look him up on YouTube or on Instagram, Dude is one of the most talented riders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. And it's so just smooth. He's such a playful style. I mean, and we yeah. we know him, so we know how good of a guy he is, too. Yeah. And how genuine. But like, yeah, it's just good to watch a video that makes you want to ride. Yeah. And that's it. And it makes you want to try new stuff. And he's hopping off rocks and it's yeah. it's so sick. That's yeah. that's, that LA one was cool. That's the Ibis vibe. Like is Ibis is vibe. just comfortable, mm. good folks. Um, in fact, we talked to the, to the owner of Ibis who is spinning wrenches, building bikes there for demo or setting up demo. Yeah, bikes he set people. up. Didn't Scott set up your bike? He did. Yeah, yeah it's friggin' yeah. awesome. Uh, so good. Pretty rare to see that. He's at an event like that, setting up demo bikes for folks. Um, but he was. Uh, he, we were talking about this bike, um, and uh, it's. It sounds like it's going to be awesome. One forty five rear, one sixty front, sixty five point nine degree head tube angle, um, four hundred and thirty five millimeter chainstay. So darn short yeah. um, for a 29er long travel bike like this. And um, one thing I find interesting is they're, they actually designed this bike to fit a 150 dropper even on their smalls. A lot of bikes yeah. you run into issues with that and you can only run a 125 drop. That's and so. You'll see that because the seat tube is, looks low. It looks really bike, low. Yeah. And it's mm. good to see. Um, and yeah. actually I think that more, I'm not going to say much but I think that more brands are doing the same thing hmm. on future bikes. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Um, things, things, yep, that we shouldn't talk about. Uh, yeah. Niner bikes, they are not out of the weeds yet, but no. they were purchased by Huffy. By, <laughs> no, <laughs> by United Wheel. Yes, uh, yeah, they own Huffy. Yes, they do. Um, but it looks like, from what they said, United Wheels is trying to make like higher quality brand. They're trying to purchase higher quality brands like and premium brands. Yeah, and and according to the interviews, they're trying to keep Niner running on its own with mm-hmm. its own people. So it's not like they're going to just trash everybody, send them on the way and then build bikes under the Niner brand cheaper. They're it's, letting Niner stay. It's a good example of bankruptcy. I know a lot of people have played, you know, Monopoly. So they, or they, they've watched like a, what is it? Um, Wheel of Fortune. And they think that it's game over when you declare bankruptcy. I'm not advocating for debt or anything, but, uh, what I'm saying here is that bankruptcy is strategic. And in this, for in some cases, and in this case, it was that they could restructure debt and be purchased by somebody to allow them to continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, don't just go saying that Niner is terrible and running out of business. It's just, you know, they've, they hit a curve in the road and they've negotiated it. So, um, should we, I guess with that, let's just, with the time that we have. Yeah. Let's go into the business. Let's do it. Okay. It's business time. All right. Uh, no, no questions this week. No questions. There's just not time. Uh, we don't we'll have get time to... for your questions. We apologize. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of them. Uh, like uh, the bucket is overflowing. But uh, we'll do a questions episode coming up. I guess that'll be the next one that we do. Okay. Um, we'll do one. We'll have bike test episodes coming up. We'll do a questions one. Yes. 
uh, we're going to get straight into the business of mountain bike specific strength training. Nice. Um, so, uh, this is a big can of worms. Yep. Uh, a couple things that I want to cover straight right, right off the bat. Uh, why do, oh, this is kind of an open question. You can take this however you want. Why do mount, why should mountain bikers strength train? Um, yeah, big question. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's the obvious things that everyone knows, like, Everyone's like, yeah, I should get in the gym to big, to get stronger on the bike. Yeah. And that's true. I think that's, that's a huge part of it, but that's just like such a small slice of the big picture of what you want to accomplish from a good training program. Right. And you know, the power should be there. Hopefully you're getting out of pain if you're smart. Um, but I think something that's really, um, kind of underestimated is durability, mm -hmm. longevity. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to crash. You're overusing your body every time you get on your bike. Totally. So to stay healthy long-term, it's hard to do. Yeah. And I think personally, that's like one of the biggest goals for most riders. And then for the more elite guys, um, you know, trying to take those hits and bounce back up is a huge thing. So, totally. um, and then obviously the power that you just have to have it. And that's super important. Um, but yeah, yeah I think I mean, I'm going to recap this. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's, there's technique on the bike or, or I should say your, your performance on the bike, right? Yep. So you can look at that from a technique side, uh, standpoint. You can also look at it from an endurance standpoint. <clears throat> there's the injury side of things. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I went to a PT once and he was like, oh, you're a cyclist. Let me guess you have an overuse injury. Like with a very sarcastic tone. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he's like figures. Um, and when you think about it, what think of cadence, like most of you, um, unless you're, if you're a trained cyclist, you're probably, and you've, you've like done like specific training before you probably ride somewhere between 85 and 95 RPM, maybe up to hundred RPM, even, uh, count how many revolutions per minute that is. So well, or I, I should say, okay. So hundred revolutions, <laughs> let me count really quick. That's a hundred. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what I mean by yeah. is count how many revolutions you've done over the whole ride. Oh yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so if you have situations, so there's the injury side of there's crashing and everything else that can happen, but there's also just insufficient. So imbalances, mm -hmm. I assume with your body that this would address. There's also like, I, I, I a lack of, I guess, strength to allow proper alignment and proper function of your body as well. Like imbalance ties into that to a certain extent, but so many cyclists I see, they like, they come across knee pain like I do. Mm -hmm. And I waited for so long to address it with proper strength training. Instead, I thought that there was, you know, a, a secret thing that I could find that would end up fixing it. Acupuncture. Yes. I've tried that mm -hmm. and actually dry needling, which is acupuncture. Then they charge those needles electronically to then fatigue specific muscle groups. Ah, so then you, well, you really hated strength training. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. uh, this one actually involves strength training. This is a good one. Uh, a solid PT. He basically, he used that because we could not get my glutes to fire mm. like we wanted to. I was too, I was, I was, too active in, in, in the front. So anterior muscles group, muscle group. So we're talking like hip flexors, tensor fascia lata, all, everything else in the front. Yeah. Quadriceps are super active. Glutes were inactive. And, uh, he actually used that dry needling to fatigue those muscles. Mm. It's extremely uncomfortable. And then after you got that, poked in the butt and electrocuted with it. No, I got put. Well, yes. At another point, <laughs> this one, no, was in my hips in the front and extremely painful. And they have to go into the muscle mm -hmm. and then they shock and they fatigue that muscle. And then he's like, all right, now we start our training. And it was, and then I was forced to use those muscle to groups. Turn on your glutes to it's, actually do the exercise. Yeah, you yeah. never want to get in that position, everybody. It's terrible. Like, it's just, a, you've gone way too far down that road. Um, and, you want to be able to prevent it. You know, I think back pain, again, like True. knee pain, it's so common that I feel like 
people just accept it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know what? I have back pain, but it's because I rode. If I didn't ride, I wouldn't have back pain. And it's like, well, maybe no. in that instance, it's true, but long-term, it shouldn't be like that. Oh. And uh, something one of my clients actually tells me um, is just, you bikes are meant to be comfortable and enjoyed. Like you shouldn't be in pain on yeah, your bike. Yeah, you shouldn't. Like you should be able to go out for a comfortable spin and not have nagging aches and pains here and there. And it's so true. Yeah. Unless you ride a TT bike, those things are the devil's contraptions. <laughs> they are. I'm spending way too much time TT on TT bikes right now. and coleslaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two terrible things. Yeah, two very terrible yeah, things. Very good. Yeah. Well, um, the the joke is I was gonna coleslaw say is the devil's salad. So that's what I've always uh, said. So. Awesome. True story. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that if you're so if you're a person that's looking to you've plateaued with speed chances are your technique is plateaued and your technique probably hasn't plateaued maybe because you just don't know to how to put yourself in the proper position but my argument would be you probably don't have the strength to support the proper position i'd agree with that um i see that a ton so like um i guess that let's 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 break this down yeah um what type of of stuff because plenty of people have gym memberships, mm. but what type of stuff should somebody be doing in the gym um, for mountain biking to make them a better mountain biker? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not just not to confuse this right off the bat. Yeah. It's not just what type of things you're doing. It's actually how often you're doing them and at what intensity. Yeah. Uh, because you know, there's things like, like CrossFit, for example, I'm a fan. I'm not a fan if you're riding a bike. Yeah. Um, sorry, Steven. That's okay. Um, but <laughs> it's, be, and it's not because of the movements, they do great movements, dude. And in fact, a lot of people I train who have come from CrossFit, have great squats. They have really good movement patterns, but it's the intensity at which they're doing it in the gym mm -hmm. that, especially in their mid season. Yeah. You know, there's times you can get away with it in the winter, yeah. but it's like, if you bring that intensity to the gym in spring and summer, you're going to be burnt when you're trying to put the miles on, on the bike. Yes. And then you don't get the adaptation from the high performance on the bike. Yes. And that is so like, people just think you need to crush all the time and trainers that don't, haven't personally experienced it. They don't understand at what point you're taking your body to on the bike. So when you have that high intensity in the gym and the next day you try and do a ride and do a couple intervals. Yeah. And if you only get to 90% when you're supposed to go to 95, you actually kind of filled yourself. Yeah. So that is if a huge are, thing. This is great. Derek, this is great. I'm going to like pass you cash right now. This That's is what's up. Um, I'll take it, dude. Like Just something that people don't have understand. <laughs> yeah, Please. sure. Yeah. yeah. Pass um, like, cash. You, you've noticed this. So you're following a trainer road plan, which yes. has nothing to do with the gym. It has everything to do with the bike. Yeah. But we're talking about growing a human's f functional capability, right? Um, in, 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 in basically in the same area. But for you, I remember you saying like, this workout felt really easy. Mm. Should it feel that easy when yeah. you first started out with a plan? And I was like, as it yes. I'm in, I'm in week six right now of sweet spot base one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, which is a trainer road last plan. hour, uh, the, my last ride the other night, I was just kind of bored the whole time, but Hey, it was what I needed to be. It was an anaerobic endurance ride aerobic, or an, endurance. aerobic, not anaerobic. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was supposed to stress me the way that it stressed me. That's what, what you know, training plans are. It's not always go 130% all the time. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing, like you said, if you train, so like, it's not a system of light switches. Like people are like, he's gone anaerobic. And like, you know, they, they think <laughs> that it's like, boom, like one light switch off the other light switch on. It's right. much more like it's a set transition. of like, you're like in a seventies house with like fader lights. That's like much more like what your body's like. It's got Lutron. a system of faders. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but it's not like you're getting to the point where like people don't understand if you ride at 70% FTP and then you ride at 85% of your, and when I say FTP, I'm talking about your threshold. So if you ride at like 70% of your threshold, 
and 80% of your threshold, it's not that big of a difference in terms of perception, what you feel, no. but you're actually starting to use different energy systems. Mm. You're starting to use different muscle groups in different ways. Like mm. specificity is key. Absolutely. So like, yeah. I've got, I, let's just say I've got a, a 24 hour fitness gym membership. Nice. I go to the gym. Should, I mean, what type of stuff should I be doing? Are machines bad? Should I be mm. using machines? Should I just be using free weights? I see mm. like a lot of these questions. Should cy cyclists yeah. not use free weights because it could damage them because they aren't strong? Mm. I, I, what, what do you say at all that stuff? Uh, so to get to what you should be doing first, yeah. Um, you know, one thing I learned actually from a gym that I've really adopted is that there's seven effective movements mm. uh, that you really want to address within a given week. Okay. okay. So what you have is your horizontal push and pull. So horizontal push is like a push up, yeah. uh, pull is like a row. Mm -hmm. Then you have vertical push and pull. So it's like a shoulder press and a pull down or a pull up. Gotcha. Uh, you have a hip dominant, which could be a squat or a, uh, most likely like a deadlift or a kettlebell swing or something like that. Yeah. And then you have a knee dominant, which is like a lunge, okay. uh, step up, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you have core, which is more like a rotation. Okay. So if you can basically have movements that address those, like if you address each of those once a week, that's probably like your baseline that you're doing enough. Yeah. That, yeah, that that's where sense. I would start. You know, it's, yeah. it's interesting, like, um, and something that art, you know, the guy that I've worked with the strength trainer and something that you advocate to and really sound trainers advocate is a functional body is necessary. Like, oh man. And, and when so many cyclists, like for example, we had our, um, my, my, our CEO from trainer road, very much like a cyclist build, right? Like, uh, like T-Rex you know, like tiny <laughs> yeah. upper body, huge legs. And he's, and he was tying his shoe and threw out his back. Right. Yep. And then he played with his kids and he threw out his back. And super like, common by the way. And yeah, yeah. super common. Cause these cyclists just don't address what they need to. And then, uh, and he was like, but I'm in the gym and he was doing bench press and curls cause he wanted to look good. Right. He wanted right. to not be as small, which can I point um, out not to say, I don't, <laughs> I haven't met you dude, but it hasn't. Yeah. Not to say it hasn't worked, but when you do those types of things, you're going to go burn it off on the bike anyways. Yeah, yeah. So you're just literally wasting energy. Yeah, it's true. I and mean, To an extent. Which he's changed that, luckily. Good. Um, thank goodness. But it's something that I think not, not enough people understand, that a sound body. Because also, I don't care how serious you are, if you're a person going for a national title or anything else, but there's more to life than just cycling, too. Absolutely. I mean, if you're getting paid to do it, sure, do whatever you're doing. Uh, that That's your deal. But if you're not getting paid to do it, you should not sacrifice the quality of your life. So that's a I really agree. interesting mm. concept of having those seven key movements yep. that you want to, or seven key, I guess. Yeah. Movements that you want to. Yep. We just call them seven effective movements. Yeah. And it's a good starting point. What you said about there's more to life than riding. Mm -hmm. It's so true because in fact, uh, a comment I got recently from a client who just started out with me was that it wasn't that she first noticed improvements on her bike, like power and things like that. Yeah. But she said, when I went to lift my bike up in the rack in the garage, it wasn't that hard. Nice. Yeah. And she was so stoked on that because it's such a event for her to get her bike on and off this like hint or this yeah. uh, hook that's on her roof. Uh, so she was stoked about that. Yeah. And those little things are really nice when, again, you're doing it over the long term and yes. you're showing up for rides multiple times a week and you have to take the bike on and off the rack. And so, yeah, yeah it is pretty cool. So, yeah. I mean, I, I guess what are the common problems you see that mountain bikers have mm. that you then address with strength training. Cause I feel like a lot of people listening to this may not know that they have these problems or maybe they do. Yeah. Um, so what are the common problems you see in a mountain biker and then how should they address them? Okay. So there are the, they're the typical things, tight shoulders, you know, upper cross syndrome, you know, you're rounded forward, okay. like you're yeah. holding a cell phone or you're sitting yeah. at a computer yeah. desk. Cause that's the bike position. You can't really get away from that. Yeah. 
Um, unless you're riding, you know, 820 mil bars or something like that. Who doesn't? I think, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> think if you're a roadie, because if you're oh, a roadie, so then you're in that position. Plus you just look at Instagram all day at other mm. dudes, shaved legs and everything else like that, you know? <laughs> so then like, Sounds like a terrible existence <laughs> it does, right? Don't be such a roadie. As yeah. they say. But in, in that case, you're like in that position on your bike and then you're in the same exact position on your phone. Mm. Like <laughs> it's like, you don't escape it. Oh, and and terrible. like what you said with inactive glutes, that's super yes. common. You know, most people who come to me that ride a lot have back pain. Uh, yeah. It's such a common thing. So getting people to fire their lower abdominals and to actually get their hips more mobile huh. is a really good one for that. How um, do they How do they go about doing that? Like, or, yeah. or what, what do you usually recommend? And big disclaimer, do not sue us. If we're talking about something, don't just go do it and then try to sue us. We are not liable for that. Health has insurance, people. Yes. <laughs> we're insured. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what, what, how would you address that problem of, of, I guess, uh, weak glutes or, or like you said, um, lower abs, not firing that sort of thing. Yeah. It probably comes down to your prep okay. before your session. And, and truthfully, it's kind of a daily thing. If okay. you have, so let me start with the daily thing. Um, if you have this chronic type, you know, every time you get on your bike and start putting down power, your back flares up, mm-hmm. uh, then this is something you probably need to do daily. Um, you know, if you have really tight shoulders, doing a two minute stretch once a day at the gym or, you know, twice a week at the gym really isn't going to solve the problem. It's going to have to be a couple times a day. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not to overwhelm you, but it's just the reality of what you have to do. And again, if you saw a physical therapist about these problems, they'd say, do these exercises three times a day, yeah. come back in two weeks. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, so for hips, for example, you know, you could start your session, uh, on a foam roller, you could roll your TFL, you could roll your hip flexor. There's lots of techniques you can find on, um, like YouTube or something like that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we got a trainer Tuesday. That nice. might, might seduce you a little bit. Hey, there we yeah. are. <laughs> uh, yeah. So check that out on the Dialed Health YouTube page. Um, but basically you would want to start by, in a nutshell, um, you would want to calm down those muscles, like on a foam roller. If you don't have, uh, you know, electric acupuncture at hand, which you probably don't. <laughs> and just don't do that. It yeah. sucks so bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So use a foam roller, use a lacrosse ball, anything that can kind of release and relax the muscle like a massage. Uh, after that, you'd probably want to spend some time lengthening the muscle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, say you rolled your hips, uh, you would probably do a half kneeling hip stretch, hold it for 30 to 90 seconds on each side. And from there, you're going to want to start strengthening the muscles on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for you, it was like strengthening the glutes. Yep. So from there, you can start doing uh, clamshells. You could do some type of hip hinge practice. Yep. Uh, you could put a band around your ankles and target your glute med. Uh, yep. So really it's about inhibiting, lengthening, and then firing the opposite muscle that should be getting That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that didn't sound too complicated. No, no. It's crazy how imbalanced we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's, it's nuts. We, we sit a lot and that puts us into a bad position. Then when we're on the bike, we're sitting, Mm -hmm. but then the big problem is when you're on the bike, you know, a lot of us, you know, we want to hammer and push hard on the bike and everything else. So then you're in this position where you aren't like, you aren't efficiently, you're unprepared to be efficient there and actually utilize (laughs) that, but then you're just hammering. So you're training your body into these bad habits. And can I say the sad thing about all of this is that sometimes people are, there's like a learning curve Mm -hmm. to where you're so in deep in your compensation and your ligaments are so tight that it's like runners, like they use their ligaments to help propel them forward. Totally. And you kind of get that same effect on the bike with these super long endurance sports. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, I recently trained somebody's first time that going through mobility exercises started digging up all these issues. Uh, and he had to go straight to like physical therapy because, you know, 
he basically was breaking down these compensations and it was causing problems Yeah, uh, that he, and he was covering up. It was a necessary part of the process. Rod, I hope you're listening. I hope you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, he's Rod. actually, yeah, he's better than ever, honestly nice. now. Yeah. But, um, you know, if that is happening to you, just, just heads up. It probably means you're deeper into the compensation than you thought. Yeah. Like I see a ton of people with wacky knees just bouncing all over the place and you have this repetitive pattern whenever you're pedaling. Um, you even see top pro cyclists doing this. Like mm -hmm. few people know that Chris Froome's career almost ended last year, by the way, the guy that's won the tour de France multiple times, everything else. Yeah. When he did the Vuelta Espana after that, and he won the Vuelta, mm -hmm. he was, and I'm not going to insist. I mean, I know that he took a lot of puffs off an inhaler and there's current, you know, thing about that, about him, who knows what'll happen to him. We'll see. Right. But he somehow pushed through an injury that was so bad that there was actual, there was pretty substantial from what I've heard, substantial enough damage that they almost had to call it a career. Like, wow. so that to me sounds like tendon damage, you know, basically connective tissue damage, yeah. Yeah. not just muscle damage, but connective tissue damage. That's like irreparable. Cocaine's hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Who knows how they get through it? You know, uh, they use something that we don't know. I mean, no, if it's so true those though, top yeah. cyclists were breaking xenon headlights or getting xenon gas delivered in cylinders and huffing that like three years ago. So <laughs> it's just insane. They'll do anything. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I guess going from here, what I think that if a cyclist wants to become uh, or wants to start strength training and do this. If you've recognized that you have problems or you say, Hey, my knee hurts. Hey, my back hurts or something else like this. You're recognizing these problems. I feel like a, a barrier for a lot of them is the fact that they can, if they go to the gym, they either aren't doing the movements right, mm. or they can't find a trainer that understands mountain biking or proper yeah. movements or where they're coming from. <clears throat> so like, what's, what advice would you give them? Because people are listening all around the world. What advice would you give to those people as far as how to train effectively for mountain biking. Yeah. Well, as far as addressing the movements, I mean, you really might have to meet with somebody who is just general strength and conditioning. Okay. In fact, you know, the first few years of me as a trainer, I really didn't coach any riders and that's all I focused on, which I'm happy now because this helped a lot. Mm -hmm. So you can get someone to coach you through and teach you the proper technique. Uh, and if, hopefully if you tell them that's your emphasis, they won't just make you do a hundred burpees and call it a day, Yeah, you know, so, and they won't beat you up and you can just say, here is why I'm seeing you. I need to learn form. Um, so that's probably a really good idea because an outside eye, even when you're experienced can catch a lot. Um, so I would probably recommend starting there and truthfully, if you are just starting with your workouts, that's the first phase that I would have someone go through anyways, because okay. hopefully you're doing training blocks, which I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but the, the first training block would be kind of a corrective exercise block. It's making sure that you get through as many compensations as you can, and at least build somewhat of a base before you start loading yourself up. So that's where you'd focus on technique. And yeah. that sort of thing, right? Like yeah, making sure that you're doing it properly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just go through all the seven motions we talked about. Um, you know, go through your push and your pulls and your hip hinge, knee hinge, or knee hinge, yeah. <laughs> knee dominant and everything like that. And make sure that you have crisp, solid movement. And it doesn't have to be perfect right off the bat, but if your knee's diving, if you're on super, super uncomfortable and there's pain, there's probably a problem. Yeah. Um, or you could at least, you know, like I couldn't shoulder press for the first few years I start, got into strength training just from. North Star. Yeah. Uh, yeah, North, North Star. Star DH days. Yeah. So, and it took me, it's taken me a long time. Like I know there's still something wrong there to get the shoulder press. So if there's a movement you have to avoid, that's okay. Cause yeah. you're still going to get better if you even just start your hip hinge movement and do it correctly that you've yeah. never done before. You're going to see gains. 
Um, yeah. You know, this kind of leads me to you read like a typical men's health and it's like it has the rocks current training program. <laughs> yeah, and you got these like, good. yeah, right. So you got these guys who haven't started and they're just all fired up and, yeah. you know, they're watching like Gary V videos and getting hyped <laughs> yeah. and they're like yeah. the rocks training plan. I'm starting tomorrow yeah. and I'm eating 10,000 calories. It's happening. <laughs> and it happened to look like Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's, you don't understand. It's he, it's taken him 20 years to get to that Dude, point wow. or whatever, 15. Yeah. Sorry if I just aged you. Yeah. Like, don't yeah. come after me. <laughs> <laughs> Big dude. We're scared but, of you. Yeah. 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 So even when I talk about this, like perfect scenario, don't expect that you'll start there right away. Be yeah. And you know, just take everything like one step at a time because anything you do extra that you didn't do the day before is probably going to help. Yeah. Think about like riding, like mountain biking. When you, for everybody listening to this, when you first started, you sucked really badly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe not Steven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you sucked. And then, yeah. and even though you probably basically did the same thing, yeah. a lot of you probably just bit off more than you could chew. And you don't realize how far you probably set yourself back with that. Like if you would have taken a proper approach with it from the beginning, you'd be getting better. But with strength training, it's super crucial. And in a way, mountain biking, especially if you're doing more down oriented stuff, gravity oriented stuff, it's crucial too. And it's brought to your attention because you crash and it hurts. Yeah. Um, but with weightlifting and, and strength, or I should say just strength training in general, you have to take it easy like that. So yeah. this isn't unlike training on a bike in the sense that you have period, it's periodized training, periodized, and yeah. meaning that you have load periods where you are adding on to that, to the load that you sustain every week. And then you have deload weeks, right? Where you probably go a little easier. And then that whole thing should progress in a, in a proper fashion to not overwork you. You do. Um, but I will say when you are combining the cycling in there, there's not as much load and deload weeks as there are shifts in what the focus is. That's smart. Cause then you can effectively do it, that. It kind of deloads, uh, organically cause you're learning new movements. Yeah. And then if you structure it right, you should be gradually deloading your, um, like your heavy movements toward the sea. Oh, well, oh, shoot. See, this is when I get like too complex. <laughs> yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But well, bottom line, people it's, like getting nerdy. Yeah. So it's more about changing the, the goal and the outcome yes. opposed to loading and deloading like you would on the bike. Gotcha. Um, so for example, um, you know, if you started with this corrective exercise phase yeah. and say you start in December and you're going to go for the typical bike season. So you do your month of December, you're doing corrective exercise. Mm -hmm. After that, you should start working traditional strength movements, but in more of an endurance phase. So we're talking like 15, 20 reps. Again, that goal is not to like absolutely crush yourself, but right. hopefully at that time, you're not riding as much anyways, really. Yeah, yeah. You can handle a little bit more volume yep. and it builds a really, really good base. Yeah. The, in um, terms of the stress pie that you have, if you have a pie chart, mm. you know, you have, <laughs> Steven smiled. I like pie. <laughs> stress <laughs> pie. Um, but in in that case, like, you know, a smaller portion of that pie is taken up by riding. So yeah. you can then add on more stress, uh, from, or from the strength training. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so as your riding base miles start to pick up, then you would start to go a little bit heavier into like a hypertrophy phase, which just means muscle growth, which okay. don't be scared. If you're riding as much as you should have, you're not going to you're not going to put on that much muscle. Yeah, yeah. If it was that easy, trust me, every guy would be yeah. swole. So many like, cyclists are like, would not. Yeah, yeah they're like, afraid to pick up twenty pounds. Yeah, you see road cyclists that are like, I can't carry my luggage. Like it's just too heavy. Like Get it's just ridiculous. That's really. Easy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so scary. For sure. Please don't think. And they way. don't do a push up. They don't do anything like that. Um, and a lot of road cyclists are like that. And a lot of XC mountain bikers you see kind of following the same thing because they're mm -hmm. so focused on power to weight. Yeah. But and and I see even some guys like, no, I put on weight really easy. 
easily. Like easy killer over there. <laughs> easy right. Mr. 145. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he could put like a child's bracelet around his bicep, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, but I, I see that and and it's it's just a common example of the fact that like you said, you aren't going to bulk up as much as you think. You aren't going to gain no. as much weight, especially if you're cycling that much. If and you're, you're riding the way you should be. Yeah. And yeah. like a lot of things that people don't understand in terms of like, you know, growth takes fuel and it, you're going to be consuming a lot of fuel on the bike and you won't be able to, to get into the gym, to do as much work as you would need to, to get swole, to get huge. Absolutely. So don't worry about it. We're, just, we're talking and, about being healthy and being strong. Yeah. And really, and another way to say it, as far as your body using your fuel is that your body is constantly trying to adapt. Like every second of the day, it's trying to adapt to what you're doing to make it easier. So when you're in the gym and you're lifting up heavy weights, the reason you put on muscle is because it's trying to make that easier. Mm -hmm. When you're on the bike, the reason you start shedding weight is because it's trying to make your bike ride easier. Yes. So you're constantly, when you're weight training and cycling, you're kind of going back and forth. And so that's why it's like, you know, your buddy doing the bench and the curls <laughs> probably yeah. didn't get that many gains if no. he's really riding a ton. Yeah. Um, so Kind of from there, that hypertrophy phase, don't be afraid of it, just a month. Did you just make that uh, word up? Hypertrophy. It's yeah. A, it's a thing. <laughs> I, well, some people this say totally that. sounds like something, you bring up these engineering terms really? all the time, I and do. I'm like, yeah. Steven's making that? these things up. I no, I well, I'm well, just messing okay. with you guys. Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, some people say hypertrophy. <laughs> There's nice. no way. There's that's no way it's pronounced like that. I got that in fifth grade, Yeah, I spelling That's when you really won the spelling bee. Yeah, exactly. I won both of them at the same time. So once you get through that phase, uh, from there, you're just bringing the reps down and the, and with bringing the, um, the reps down, the load is coming up. And so basically this gets into more of like a maximum strength phase. So also another thing people don't understand is that you can actually get a lot stronger and build stronger muscle connections without even putting on size. Yeah. So once you get to that, like five rep range and lower, which I don't really have people go lower than that. Now you have to be pretty experienced, but it's about six reps. I'll keep people at, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you are really focusing on your strength, not necessarily putting on muscle. But what's cool is at that time, you know, they're quick reps. It's a lot for a second, but it doesn't really wipe you out. So then when you go put on all your miles on the bike, you're still pretty fresh for it. If you think about the movements that you have on a bike when you're descending, it's so fast. Mm -hmm. Like, like you need a lot of strength. You need a lot of, of, uh, I don't know if stability is the proper term, but in the sense that like you need to be able to, to control your bike in such a manner that it isn't causing you to use muscles that, you, that are like, for example, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of riders that like go through sections and it might be like a steep section, rocky and everything else. And they get blown offline laterally. Yeah. <clears throat> and whereas so if they had the proper muscle engagement, they'd be able to stay on the line they want to be on by yeah. having that muscle strength and endurance and being able to react quickly. Yeah. And like you mm -hmm. look at it, they're because they're so weak mm -hmm. in different areas, whether it's all the way through the posterior chain or anything else, they're then gripping like crazy right. on those bars, right? And if, if your hands are gripping on the bars, then your arms are gripping. Like everything Tension. is tense. Mm. You can't, yeah, yeah, and you can't move effectively. Like uh, something that they say, like in cycling, like I, and a lot of people are always like, you know, what type of training should I do? Should I focus on like, you know, like repeatability or should I focus on this? And in general cases, I always say, and a higher FTP or higher threshold is going to make mm. everything feel a little easier. Nice. And like, if you are stronger on the bike, you're going to be amazed at how easy things feel. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you just don't have to work 
your, your muscles are not, don't have to work at the intensity that they once did because you're balancing it out over more. Totally. You're more strong, more capable. It's just, it's a huge difference. And I'm not yeah. like, I'm not like a shining example of this. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I have this down. Yeah, you are Jonathan. But <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Not on um, a TT bike though. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting though. <clears throat> so we're, for trainer road, which thank you, trainer road, you're letting us use your studio again. Yes. Um, but, uh, for trainer road, we're doing a thing right now. We're uh, trying to be the fastest time trialist we can be. So then we can relay all that information to people. Um, and we're riding TT bikes and everyone's like, dude, your neck's going to kill you. And like your back's going to kill you. And granted, I haven't done like, as, I'm not doing like a five hour, six hour Ironman bike leg, mm. but I'm just training for a 40 K time trial. So that's an hour effort. I'm not having that. I'm, yeah. I'm a bit sore. I'm a bit uncomfortable, but I'm not having that. And I, I chalk that up to the fact that I follow a strength training program. Um, not as diligently as I should, but mm. I follow a strength training program Yeah, and I find that I'm compared to most cyclists, a much more strong and balanced person, Nice, you know, and it's, it's just, you'll find yourself in situations where you'll have a long day at Moab with the boys or something oh, yeah. like that. See, and your day completely falls apart because you're not strong enough to sustain it. So, it uh, I don't want to forget about one point and then I'm okay. going to come back to what you just yeah. said. Okay. Yeah. But like you said about the descending, I actually do have downhillers, um, mm. train three days a week in the gym, but yeah. that's the extreme. Like I, if you're riding enduro trail, cross country mm. road, two days is your, that's your, your zone right there. Cool. But the downhillers really do need to be stronger because they're taking the hits so much harder. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a sprint race and, it, it, by, and their bodies have to react so much faster to changes on the trail. And yeah, 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 absolutely. Totally. And when you, you know, you come off a four foot drop, land on the brakes and sprint out of a corner, that's a lot different yeah. than while spinning trying, on a TT while bike. While trying to avoid a, yeah. a tree yeah. or multiple trees. Yeah. yeah or Heck trying works. to stay smooth yeah. over a 15 yeah. minute yeah. stage. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what you're saying about like Moab, you have a long day. That's again, where it comes back to the one goal, not just being top performance power, whatever you're actually trying to enjoy your day yeah, and you yeah. don't want to be uncomfortable Endurance. and yeah, you want to be able to like put your, you know, go to a restaurant after and, yeah. and relax and not be like rubbing your traps the whole time yes. or like hitting really your legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd like some vegan salt to rub on my <laughs> wounds. <laughs> you know, single track yeah. six, I did that stage race last year. It's like an XC stage race that downhillers would, well, actually they wouldn't, <clears throat> they wouldn't enjoy it. It's way too hard. Cause the climbs were terrible. <clears throat> yeah. And honest, but like if you're a fit enduro racer, you would be in heaven. Cause nice. it was basically like gnarly enduro stages coming down. And just absolutely brutal climbs going up and That's you're pinned awesome. the whole day for, for the whole time for six days in BC. It was amazing. Yeah. But I, I was I not strong some. enough. Yeah. And I'm not strong enough at all. Oh, by the way, if you want to sign up for single track six or Moab rocks, we have a promo code. Promo code. Email us. Email us. Mountainbikepodcast at gmail.com. Um, but <laughs> if like, like I came into that and after day one, I was like, I'm blown. Like I have six more days or I have five more days of this. <laughs> this is going to be bad. And then after day two, which was a way gnarlier descending day, I was like forearms. I felt mm. like I was racing moto again. Forearms were just destroyed. Oh, ready Hands to crack open the can or the jar of peanut butter. Back was destroyed. Everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no and arm then, strength. <laughs> and then once, <laughs> and once I got to stage five, I was so fatigued that I, I'm almost positive. That's why I crashed out and got a concussion. Don't remember at all. I, I woke up. I came to, I should say on the bike, I, I can see where I crashed. I rode two kilometers from there Whoa. and I came to on the top of a skinny 
And I was like riding <laughs> that thing, trying to balance. And I was like, where am I? I have no clue. It was terrible, right? He's on autopilot. Uh, yeah, moral of the story, do your strength training. Yeah. and Or you'll crash That's and the thing. Concussed. Like I didn't have the strength <laughs> to be able to sustain at that pace six right. days of racing. Yeah. And, and not only did it make it less enjoyable than it should have been, because now looking back, I'm like, I just want to go back there every day and ride that stuff. It was incredible. And nice. I want to do that race again. But- I'm, I wasn't strong enough mm. and it ruined the experience and also became extremely dangerous for yeah. me. So like, it's not just a matter of like avoiding overuse or it's not just a matter of being faster on the bike in some cases, but it's a matter of getting more out of your experience than also just being safe period, you know? Yeah. It's a good point. And really once you go through those phases to get to that strength where you're ready to do those races, yeah. um, I don't know if we, if I got to power I don't know. Um, you and just then touched on maintenance, it. yeah. which it'll tie in once I say maintenance. Okay, good. Um, cool. yeah. So basically once you get to max, max strength, yep. that's when you start working on power. And okay. this is about when you should be coming into the season. So like my guys right now are working in a power phase yep. and, uh, there's, they're doing a little bit of strength, but with the power is very, very complex movements that kind of tie in your entire core, you yep. know, movements that work from your ankle all the way to the, you know, your arm overhead. Wow. And so, and you do that because they're less fatiguing as far as your energy level goes, mm -hmm. use that for the power. And then you stay a little bit fresher through the season and you can kind of do mini phases of that whole cycle through the season, uh, between your events. And we're talking like, you know, a week of kind of each stage just to retap it. Yeah. Um, or you can kind of stay in this power and complexity phase and then you go to your race and you feel good. You take a, I'm not saying you take a week off, but you right, take right. your time off, you get back to that, that power and complexity and you roll that through the season. You st should stay pretty fresh and healthy. Yeah. So this is a big misconception yeah. that cyclists and, uh, and mountain bikers alike, when I say cyclists, I mean, all of us that ride bicycles, we think that we should go into the gym in the off season a lot of the time. Mm. And then once you get into riding season, no, no, I'll leave the gym there. But so it's, but no, the goal is to maintain that. Then, the goal right? is maintain mm -hmm. and you won't, if you're, if you're out of the gym for a few weeks, yeah, which is inevitable it. on some travel schedules when you're racing, especially if it's your job. Yeah. Um, but there are ways to combat it. And really, even if you do slowly start sliding on your power output, your max, your maximum strength is going to come down. Yeah. Your power should stay up, but it's about staying activated too, which mm -hmm. is also really underrated. Um, in fact, I have a high level road racer mm -hmm. that after his very first session of coming in, um, oh man, I'm gonna throw out some random number right okay. now. I could have swore his average wattage was like up by 20 or 30. Wow. So the same day he came in for his training session yeah. and it's cause what do we do? We got his glutes firing. We got his core firing. His back wasn't hurting as bad that day. And we took him through a lot of mobility drills, yeah. um, but he got things activated. Yeah. And that, and keeping yourself activated like that will really tie you over for a, for a long time without fatiguing you. Yeah. It's like, you're literally just, you're, you're tapping on the muscle. You're telling it to wake up be stable and be ready to fire at any moment. And that's all you're doing. Yeah. So that alone, even if you didn't go through all those training phases, yeah. um, you know, if you got a really light workout, uh, which I got on my dialedhealth.com, go to free workouts. Yes. You can check out the core workout on there and it's just body weight, things like that, that don't kill you. You're fresh for your bike the next day, but now you have more muscles. Wait, I was going to say woke. Yeah. You're yeah. going to be woke. You'll, you'll, you'll stay woke. Hello woke, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, so this is, like, hopefully this has cleared up some misconceptions people have on strength training. Um, I want to cover a few different things. Like people, I think tend to categorize and I think inappropriately they'll say like, you know, weight training. Then they say, you know, they're like, oh, well, no, I do yoga too. Mm. Um, I do all those other things. I, I assume that, that 
that sort of training as well, you would see that as being beneficial if, if it works on the proper movements, right. Or the proper, like uh, functionality, if it focuses on that. Right. So absolutely. Is there, you know, we talked about CrossFit, how it pairs that intensity and it can be a little Mm. too intense. Yes. Is there other, are there other forms of training that you would say, like maybe not like Pilates or anything else like that, that you'd say maybe isn't a great idea for a cyclist or maybe not the best option. Right. So um, there are a lot of variables here. Of course. Sure. Like in my head, I have like 20, what ifs. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. But um, I'll start with saying like yoga is so, is so awesome. Man. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hooked on it. I do it twice a week. Mm-hmm. And it's also a really good potential off day because your yoga session can turn into a stretching sh- session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you can do it from home. There's YouTube resources that I use mostly for convenience, time, money. It's like, yeah. it's, it couldn't be more convenient. Totally. Um, but things like yoga, like I will honestly say, you'll never get from stretching what you'll get from yoga mm-hmm. because, you know, you can pick your intensity, but you're stretching you're stabilizing and you're mobilizing at the same time. And just so you know, it's not just about being flexible, but being mobile is being able to control your range of motion. Yes. Which is way different than just forcing yourself into a position. And you'd be surprised at how limited your functionality is depending on where you're at in your range of motion. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> and this is also like when you're when you're crashing and you're scrambling for the ground or stability or you're reaching for this or that, that's when mobility is huge. Totally. So, you know, that's when you don't, pull your shoulder out of the socket and you keep riding all summer and you don't have this nagging thing going on. So, so I'm huge for yoga. Um, things like Pilates really good for activation and really good for breathing. Um, and and same with yoga, but like there's focusing, I I end all my clients training sessions with, uh, breathing. Mm -hmm. So we'll just take five deep, slow, controlled breaths, three seconds in one second, hold three seconds out because you getting control of your breath is just, it's a whole nother part of cycling that we could geek out on for a few hours. Um, so again, it's not to complicate you, complicate it and make you feel like you need to be doing a hundred things to have the perfect program. But it's when, you know, guys think yoga is for girls and they don't do it. And they don't understand that. First of all, most men are going to be doing yoga in the next 10 or 20 years for sure. Yeah. Um, because of how good it is for your body and because it does all those things at once. Um, and again, for a rider, if you're really fatigued, it's an opportunity to scale it back and actually just turn it into a stretch day, Totally. you know, and you'll recover from that, which is, which is huge. One thing I want to bring up with this too. Um, so I find that a lot of cyclists don't understand how involved your, the neuromuscular system is Mm. in muscle contractions and everything else that then goes into propelling you on a bike and how overstimulated you can get Mm. when you're riding a bicycle, a mountain bike Mm -hmm. down something in a race environment, you know, you're an XC and you're, you're surrounded by people going on. And when you're overstimulated that way, your function can be impaired. Um, like you said, breathing is such a key part of this. And when you can learn to, when you're, when it isn't as taxing for your body, because you've trained your body to be efficient in these different things, you're gaining your, 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 I should say you're increasing your neuromuscular efficiency as well, which pays dividends. And it's those quick things. Like you have to catch that one, you know, like, uh, just dodging that one rock or the small little things that you'll then have, you'll be able to do that. Um, it's, yeah. it's a huge change. And that even plays a part into like your breathing characteristics, just making it your second nature, the ability to activate certain muscles to keep you on track where you need to go. The endurance, it takes your mind off of it. So you can actually focus on the dangerous parts of the trail. Totally. It's so true. That's, 
That's kind of, I think, where you were getting with it. Exactly right. Yeah, Yeah. and the fact that, you know, all these uh, workouts, everything you're doing is just another form of stress on Mm -hmm. your body, and it's all stress. When you have a stressful day at work, you come home, maybe your home life's stressful, Mm -hmm. you go to the gym, it's always stressful because you're always grinding, you're trying to to kill it every single day. Yeah. And there's just so much stress, and there's no other side of it. So, again, that's where the breathing comes in. Mm -hmm. That's where yoga comes in. That's where your recovery in general. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's talk about enduro. You have to recover while you're climbing between stages. Yep. Right? That's it. So, so you're stressing so in you're one st- way. You're stressing in one way, but if you have control of your breath mm-hmm. in those few minutes between your the end of your race run and that when that climb starts, and the climb's low-key. We're yeah. all joking around, whatever. Yeah. But or still, should we talk about trying to peak? Remember the year we had to do that really long fire road for like eight miles? Oh that was not a couple minutes climb. Yes. In the sun. Yes. Sorry, back on track. Good point. You just, yeah, I had a flashback. Yeah. yeah. Like so PTSD, lo- like Vietnam so flashback. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah not so low key at yeah. that moment. Yeah, nothing worse than hitting like a one mile descent on your climb. Yeah, and literally we'd like, like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, you climb up over like 1,200 feet and then you descend like 700 of it. Oh, and then you gosh. have to climb it all back up again yeah. and then more. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. And you got to keep your full face on the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. In the sun. Oh, in the no sun. trees and yeah. it's like 94 degrees outside. <laughs> oh. So, uh, it was oh, terrible. Shoot, did I? Oh, no. I almost lost my train. No, no, no yeah. worries. So, the breathing, but it's so the reason too I have my clients in with a breathing, um, just quick breathing, is also to uh, activate your, uh, well, am I going to mess this up? Parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. Yep. Because um, sympathetic is. Sympathetic is you're talking getting aggressive about, stress. Exactly. Yeah. Everything that's aggressive and then parasympathetic is going to be the opposite. Mm, I'm awesome. sure we've probably screwed it up and somebody will let us know, but yeah, someone will let us know. And uh, that's why I'm not the scientist. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to relay the info, but yeah. um, basically the faster that you can, you can kind of flip the switch. Um, again, it's like your muscles are kind of doing all of it. But then again, your body, you should be able to stimulate um, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your shutdown mode. It's you starting your recovery. So the faster you can tap into your recovery, the quicker you'll be ready to go for the next stage, the next race, the better you're going to feel in your climb. So again, it all comes down to controlling your breath and knowing how to get that stress uh, out of your brain, out of your body, you know, and it's a choice. Yes. It th- really is. Yeah. I think that it's, and it's something that if you're regularly training and regularly going through and have a proper strength training regime with a proper cycling training thing, everything else, then you'll find that you'll just be more capable across the board. Absolutely. It makes it way easier. Yeah. So to kind of tie that in also, mm-hmm. um, for me, my personal strength training schedule right now and what I have most clients do it but then again there's other variables where we'll flip stuff around for schedules but um, Monday and Friday are yoga days Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I'll add in a spin or if I'm you know doing like a weekend trip and I'm doing extra riding that's how it is but Monday Friday yoga days Tuesday Thursday strength training days Wednesday is a bike day and Saturday Sunday are bike days um, so you can see how the spacing is very balanced Um, you're kind of peaking you're going into stress, out of stress, into stress, out of stress, um, and you're still getting miles on. And then because you have the recovery, which is kind of your yoga before and after your two big ride days, which is probably the weekend, that's how it is for me now, um, you're able to get recovered enough to now go into the rest of your week. And just so you know, it, you know, it is something every day, which I think is the smartest habit to get into. Mm -hmm. Not realistic to start out with really for everyone, but it's like you, um, 
I, oh shoot, I lost my train of thought on that. When you have something every day filled into your week so that basically oh. you're not, you, you know, I guess that, so I'm going to jump ahead and, th- and guess what you're going for with this. Yeah. But I think that when you have something to work on every day of the week, like you said, you may not want to start out that way, but when mm-hmm. you have something to work on every day like that, it keeps there plenty of benefits that you get outside of just the training, everything from an organizational standpoint, but then also from a psychological standpoint and oh, having yeah. things to check off in that box. I don't know if that's where you're going with it, well, but actually, I, I can speak to that. Like, I yeah. would totally agree. With, I'm happy you added that. But what I was going to say was mm-hmm. that it comes around fast. Yeah. Like when you start realizing that, oh, I need to spend time on the bike and, oh, I need to be in the gym and, oh, I need to be recovering and doing yoga. And all of a sudden it's like you're, you know, two days of strength training, you're back in the gym before you know it. Two days of yoga, you're back there before you know it. Two days of riding, you're back on the bike before you know it. So it's like, if you break it down, maybe it doesn't seem like a lot compared to the rocks four day a week training program (laughs) or catching your, getting blowing your wad every weekday. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> CrossFit. Um, yeah. <laughs> it it's just like you know, uh, it comes around fast. I'm, I'm always surprised about even if I don't feel like I'm riding a lot. Yeah. Uh, maybe for whatever reason I'm riding two days a week, but yeah. it kind of it kind of comes around fast. I'm yeah. like, Wow, I'm riding my bike again. So, strength training yeah, is a good way to thing. make sure that happens. Yeah. Keeps the engine prime, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. Is there anything else you want to add, man? Strength training for mountain bikers in general. Um. Yeah. The dude. The biggest thing I would say is obviously. If you have questions, you can reach out and contact me through dialedhealth.com um, or just dialedhealth at Gmail. But I would really just encourage people to not overcomplicate it. Um, I would really want to see people just taking a step forward. Uh, like I said, even if it's like you you decide to just work on a squat and figure it out um, or just start to go to yoga, figure out some compensations, or you're going to start a breathing practice. Mm-hmm. Um, these things will add up. And when you look at it over the long term, even a couple days a week of a really, really simple practice compounded over the year. Mm-hmm. That next year, you're going to be a different person because of that. So don't underestimate what you're doing. And also don't waste your time just absolutely crushing in the gym. Because truthfully, the most important thing, ooh, I'm happy I didn't forget this. Yeah. Riding your bike is the most important thing. That's the goal. Always. If you're- Unless it's a TT bike. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, really. It's it's a sad phase (laughs) in my life right now. Yeah. Yeah. And strength training is another step on top of riding. Um, and it's necessary to stay healthy and everything, but it's like, if you're a downhill racer, guess what? You got to be on your downhill bike. If you're an enduro guy, you got to go out for big trail rides and uh, it's the obvious thing. So, um, I'm definitely not preaching to prioritize strength over riding. Um, but hopefully you're already riding quite a bit and you can just take those steps toward a better strength program for sure. Awesome. Compliment the yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to add, Steven? No. I'm cool. Good. That was, that was a lot of talk. It was good stuff, man. And hopefully what this has done is this has helped, um, for those of you listening to this, uh, some of you are probably aware that you have deficiencies or imbalances that you should address. Some of you may not be aware of this. We call that stage denial. Yes, exactly. It's it's a river in Egypt, as I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, that was a good dad joke. Uh, (laughs) um, But then if you're also in a spot where you feel like, no, I'm good. I don't need anything like this. You know, hopefully this is, you know, or or maybe you do strength training, everything else. Hopefully this is an educational for you. So um, with that, Steven. Wait a second. We have. Oh, we're we going to do a, uh, a tool recommendation. Of course. We're going to do tips. Let's get oh, into tips. It. Tips. Into the so tips. it's tips time. So hold on. You don't care. They're counting on your tips to live. Uh, 
Okay, uh, let's get into the tips. We'll close it out with that. Uh, Steven, do you want to go first? Sure. All right. Um, so uh, if you follow my personal Instagram... Dogs, I'm, bikes, and cars. I'm not necessarily really excited right now about this yeah. because of the history okay. of this product from but dealing you're, with... You're excited that it could be good. I'm excited that it could be good because it looks like there's been some serious redesigns. So yeah. the the scalpel, which is my going to be my backcountry XC bike this year. We're That's gonna be doing, good. We know about that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the new... I put a dropper on it and it's the KS Lev... Integra CI. So yes. it's the new carbon one. Yep. Scary lightweight. It's awesome. <laughs> Very light, man. Even they even come with the the cable and housing is an ultralight cable and housing. It's a Kevlar string with like just a like very light little like rubber housing. Like around a vinyl, it. yeah. Like vinyl, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Um yeah. so I installed it on the scalpel, hoping that it's finally a good product. Yeah. Out of the box, it look it's awesome. Feels really good. I put a wolf tooth lever on because yes. I do not like any of the levers that anybody yep. else offers. Yeah. So the wolf tooth lever makes it feel super smooth, buttery. It's a, it's a it's a really nice setup. It does that Kevlar ultralight you know string that it comes with? No flex in it, no stretch. Seems yeah. to be nice and direct. Yeah. Um, who knows? Kevlar strong. Who knew? Huh? Yeah. Yes. Who would have thought? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I thought it was like some special like Peruvian <laughs> yeah. guinea pig hair or yeah, something yeah, that's like what that. We talked Just about bringing it. full circle. Yeah. Persian horse hairs. Persian horse hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. But no, just right out of the box. It, Lighter than any dropper post by far, like a couple hundred grams Very lighter light. than yeah. most other dropper posts out yeah. there. And the action seems really nice. The titanium hardware on the top, like everything on it just looks really nice. Good fit and finish. I'm hoping for the best with this dropper. I got the 125 millimeter version coming from Worldwide. Which so is going to go on a bike. I, yeah, I don't I don't. You're going to put it on a bike, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. I'm really excited about it. It's so cool, man. We'll see. Stay tuned. Yeah. Sick. We're going to be obviously stressing these things between the two of us because we ride our XC bikes probably Pretty harder hard. than most people do. Yeah. Um, weak and Whistler. So um, I my, my tip, is, is it cool? Can we go into that one? I'm done. Cool. Um, wheelbuilder.com. Yes. So I may or may not be building up a cross-country bicycle. Uh, who knows? Like We can't say too much about that, but it's going to have an RS1 just like my previous one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, problem is, and I'm going to be using, um, some wheels, which we'll see. We think we know which ones, but they're 24 hole wheels. Yeah. So 24 hole front wheel with the RS one poses a problem because they only make hubs in 28 hole or 32. And yep. So that comes from SRAM makes their own hub and it's called the predictive steering interface, but it's not just the splined interface that you have, but it's actually the hub spacing is not actually 110. Yeah. It's actually different. So you have to make a hub from the ground up to be different. You can't just like throw caps on there. So it's hard to find SRAM makes a hub and DT Swiss makes a predictive steering hub. Some other ones do or used to. I'm not sure if they still do. Like I think um, Hope made one, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure though. But uh, they're really hard to find now because nobody likes the RS1 beside me. And yeah. I think that's genuinely it. But uh, <laughs> that I found the hub that I need for a 24-hole setup. Wait a second. Hold on time. Yeah. I found you this did. hub. You did. Yes, I found you did. this hub. Um, on wheelbuilder.com. Yeah. That, that website's awesome. You can go in there and build custom wheels. It's awesome awesome stuff. And, um, the folks at DT were like, you know what? We are, their system was down when I called them and they're like, we can't check this. And I was like, well, I'm just going to call wheel builder. And they were like, yeah, in fact, we contracted DT to make that hub specifically for the scenario. And they have very limited quantities of that hub. Yeah. So if you do have the strange scenario where you're looking at running an RS one with 24 hole front or 24 hole rims, 
you need to get the DT Swiss 240S predictive steering straight pole 24 hole hub. There's <laughs> only like awful. four left yes. in the world. Yeah, there's really not many yeah. left. So if you need one, buy one. Um, and that's where they come from. The folks were so good from Wheel Builder. They were yeah. fast. They processed the whole thing really quickly. Like it, it was awesome. A customer te- a customer support person said, I don't know, but I think I know someone who does. I'm going to transfer you. Like it's so good instead of somebody lying to you and telling yeah. you like, yeah, yeah, it should work. Like yeah. it's not what I need. I can guess too. That's really easy. Yeah. Like I need somebody that knows something. That's called science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So com. Yeah. That one's mine. And um, I actually have to say that when I first found the link to this website, I thought there was like a major typo. Yeah, we thought it was a typo. And I <laughs> asked him, like, was this a typo? Because I don't even see this on DT Swiss's website. Yeah. But yeah. And as it turns out, there we go. We've got it in hand now. Yep. And I counted the holes. There's yes. definitely 24. Yeah. <laughs> I counted 25 the first time, and then I just redid it again. Was, yeah. Derek, uh, do you have a tip for us? Oh, uh, mine sounds so lame after your cool Kevlar and exclusive <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure um, it's going to be good, though. Yeah, well, it, they're just minivans for your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, okay, never note. mind. Yeah. Podcast over. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Tell um, us about them. Yeah, so kind of back to what I was talking about when it comes to the importance of activation and, and just keeping yep. yourself primed and ready to perform without wearing yourself out, you can get uh, minivans. So they're like... They're like a foot long. They're a loop band. You can get multiple resistances. Mm-hmm. I think I just sent someone a link to skillstraining.com and you can get like a okay. set of them, like three. It's like 15 bucks, um, but you can put these around your ankles, keep your hips and glutes firing. You can put it around your wrist, help your shoulders. There's all sorts of movements. You do can crab do crab walks and things. Yeah, internal, external rotation. Like these are all things that any athlete can put in their suitcase. It literally takes up no room yeah. and you can travel with it. And if you have one of those long stints, you can stay primed and keep it going. So yeah. totally huh. recommend that. I'm yeah. TI some tonight. I absolutely TSA might think that you're like into bondage or something. What are these <laughs> yeah. giant rubber bands for? You never for? know, yeah. man. Don't leave yeah. them on your hotel room bed. Yeah, it's don't do that. <laughs> the maid might get <laughs> the wrong it. idea. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, these uh, us cyclists are constantly having problems with that sort of thing, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're you, into you a bib around, tight and a clothing. And a yeah, band. yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> and a man. lacrosse ball, spiky lacrosse ball. What is this guy into? It's not good, man. So, okay, with that, everybody, thanks for joining us. This has been another episode of the Mountain Bike Podcast presented by Worldwide Cyclery. Go to mtbpodcast.com and submit your questions. We'll be doing an episode soon there. Mm -hmm. Go to the store, check out things. We have new stickers coming. Uh, I know I've said this for I don't even know how long, but we You saw them. We finally have them in hand. Yes, we have stickers. Um, So, and there'll be limited edition ones too, which will be interesting to see. So stay tuned to that. And whenever you need bike parts, go to mtbpodcast.com, go to the store, then click on the Worldwide Cyclery banner. And if you don't see something on Worldwide's uh, website, Mm. Call them. Yeah. Tell them that we sent you. Because they're as nerdy as us, and they'll yeah. probably know the answer. Exactly. So, And they will find said part. I ran into this today. I actually did too. Sorry, quick story. I wanted a very specific RockShox RS one, not the RL, but the, the RLC, because I don't like lockouts. or I, I, I don't mind lockouts. And in some bikes, they're very necessary. But on my past ASR that I had, I was like, I don't even think I need these things. You know, I mean, they're mm-hmm. good to have. Don't get me wrong, but I just didn't use them as much as I thought I would. Yeah. And I'm because anti squats. Yeah, there's a good amount of anti squats. So in this case, I'm like really excited on the next bike that I may or may not be building because I think that I won't have to worry about that sort yeah. of thing. So I'm not You're putting an running. RS one on a five five. <laughs> there we weird. are. Yeah, weird uh, guy. Um, but I don't think that I'll need uh, um, lockouts. And they were like, 
yeah, that fork shows is not available. So they called rock chalks and pushed and pushed and pushed. They're like, no, we need this rock, this fork. And then they ended up making it happen. Nice. So they're really good. Cool. Solid people. And do you mind if I plug a couple of things? Please do. Okay. Please do. Thank you. Um, okay. So like I said, dialedhealth.com has everything you can reach on me, um, Mm -hmm. and what my training is. But if you want really good training tip videos, uh, weekly, I'm also doing, you know, writing content on my Instagram. It's just at dialed health, uh, D I A L E D. And, um, dialed health. And then also I just want to thank Roseville Cyclery. They're my local shop. I love Oliver and guys. Yee, great people. Yes. And that. Tim. Yeah. Good and folks, man. some of the mechanics there, yeah. uh, Eddie, Taylor, and all these guys, like, dude, they are, it's such a genuine place and they're helping me a lot on the business side of things. And, yep. um, you know, I train the owners, like, it's just such a cool, they're cool. it's such a cool place. I'm also, I have a 10 foot photo of myself on the wall now. It's a dream come true. It's so sick. So sick. Yeah. And, uh, of course I'm a brand new, I'm aboard that brand new, uh, 2018 Specialized Enduro with the Cali oh, uh, paint job. Nice. Uh, so Cali just shout out to, yeah, new partnership with Specialized too. And I'm really excited to work with them in the future and just appreciate Sweet. the support and the belief in what I'm doing. So Heck yeah. thanks guys. Yeah, I'm hyped. Yeah. yeah. Um, anybody looking for any strength training stuff, you should definitely check this out. Um, I can't speak highly enough of, of Derek and the principles that he follows. So thanks, solid guys. guy. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This was serious. Cool to be on here, man. Heck I'm, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm loving it. Thanks. Guys, great. Now let's go get donuts. Yeah, boy. All right. Dope let's boys. do it. <laughs> All right. Hey guys, Jonathan here. Just wanted to thank you again for listening and let you know that if you like the song that you're hearing now and the one that you heard in the intro, it comes from Wave Riders Entertainment, my good friend Tommy Walter. Check it out if you're looking for more beats like this or some awesome tracks to listen to. We'll talk to you next week.